The Swain Event Podcast is brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. There are over 100 million pieces of litter on our beautiful Tennessee roadways, and TDOT spends $19 million a year picking it up. Join the Nobody Trashes Tennessee movement at nobodytrashestennessee.com. Brought to you by the Tennessee Department of Transportation. Deep down the middle, has got his man, and he's gone! Jason Swain, touchdown! It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Sway. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All of you chumps are going to bow when I whoop him. It's time for the Sway event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give me two and a Rick SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. 865-255-03. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Live here from the Low T Center studio, Ben McKee, Jason Swain. I went to Longo where, um, actually it was in the same day, we was watching college football season come to a close. Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee tonight, Lady Vols. Still wrecking stuff and are now in the top five. Ben, good morning, sir. Man, it's good to good to see you back in the the studio, man. Good morning. Good to see you once again as well. You you, you ready to rock, man? Rick Barnes um, spoke to to the media. Um, I guess I'm I I'm depressed. Last night was depressing. Yep. Last night was depressing. So, I am depressed today. Hopefully, Tennessee can can do to South Carolina what it should do and and beat them down tonight and, and make me feel a little bit better. Also, job ja versus Steph tonight. That is appointment television. Oh, for sure, man. So, hopefully, uh, Tennessee can, can handle business, get that over with, and then go home and watch Ja take care of business. Tennessee did not play a football game yesterday, but it felt like Tennessee lost. Yes. I mean, really, it really did feel like Tennessee lost the game. It felt like the Music City Bowl all over again, watching Alabama and Georgia compete on, on the big stage again. Uh, and then I didn't 
watch one second of the coaches breakdown with, with Jimbo Fisher and all that. I had, I had no interest. None. I did not either. No, I, I, I could have cared not, less. Did not want to see Jimbo and those guys, you know, openly and recruit, have a, a stage and platform to recruit on. Did not want to see it. I was good. Did not want to hear their breakdown of the game. Nah, I'm good. I can watch the game and see what's going on. And that's what I did. And uh, that was probably the toughest national championship game I've ever watched. Toughest. That that one and the 2017 one. Yeah. I mean, the 17 one was, it was the first time that both teams matched up. Um, but, but, it, but this one was different, man. This one was totally different. Totally different. I don't know why. I haven't put my finger on it yet. I've been thinking about it. I don't know why, but it's, it, it was it was different. But man, it was um, it was tough to watch. It was tough to watch. Well, it, it was really tough to watch the last seven, eight minutes or so of that game. I I wasn't rooting for Alabama. That's not the way to describe it. But I preferred that Bama win instead of Georgia because it's better for Tennessee that. Bama win another one of them things rather than Georgia be able to snap its 41-year streak without winning a natty. And and I was thinking that Bama was going to be able to pull it off and continue to put Georgia in its place, especially after Stetson had that fumble. And and credit where credit is due. I, I did not think Stetson Bennett had it in him. And after that fumble – I especially thought that, and he came back and threw an absolute dime for a touchdown. And then on on that next possession after that one, back-to-back possessions of, of scoring drives to, to really put it away before the pick six to end it. So last night was not fun, particularly the last seven minutes is, is my point. It, it, it was okay for the first three and a half quarters, and then just the, the final seven, eight minutes in the celebration was just like – Felt like I was walking on glass. Yeah, we got a good look of how it's supposed to be. Where Tennessee is supposed to be, where Tennessee has to be if it wants to, to, to play it, you know, on that stage. And we are a couple of neighborhoods away from 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 doing that. Um closer this year than last year and the year before. And so that's one way to look at it. Um but we but, but we got some work to do and Man, that game was about the trenches. That's the difference. That's the difference. That game was about the trenches. I mean, the the amount of weight being moved inside of that box, the amount of speed inside of that box, seeing you know Bryce Young ran down by um, Nolan Smith. Now, he's certainly worth a, a four Raptor. He's worth it. Think about all the money on that field that was spent in recruiting and all the money that those guys will make going to the next level. Uh, millions. Millions and millions and millions of dollars. And um, it just makes you really understand how much college football is a business and what it takes to win. It costs money. It costs money to, to win. Georgia finally got over the hump. Kirby Smart finally got over the hump, got the monkey off his back, beating Nick Saban. Winning a big game, winning the national championship, um, and having a quarterback go out there and and be the reason why you you won instead of the being a liability um, 
all those all those players that Georgia allegedly paid for, hey man, it worked out. It worked out. So they got it the did. monkey off, the, off their back, man. No more forty year Georgia uh, jokes. Yep. I mean, there's there's not much Tennessee can say, unfortunately, at the moment. Tennessee just needs to look in the mirror and and get better and and get back on top of Georgia in that fashion. I do I will say I I think Bama wins that game if they're healthy. Yep. Ba- Bama banged up on on defense in the secondary and and you really saw that come to life in the second half. Uh Bama banged up at receiver, especially with Jamison Williams going down in the first half and looked like he tore his ACL and and it sounded like I've I've stayed off Twitter for obvious reasons. Um, did not want to see the celebration of Georgia on my timeline, um, but it sounded like when Saban and Kirby met at midfield after the game, it sounded like Kirby asked Saban about Jameis Williams, and and I thought I heard Saban say that they think it's an ACL. So that that just really stinks. But that was the difference in in the game late too. Bryce Young had some opportunities to make throws down the field that he's connected on all year long with Jamison Williams, with John Mechie, and just could not with, without those guys in there and having to rely on some youngsters. And I know they're five stars too, but they're, they're still young, inexperienced, and, and they could not make the play. So nope. Georgia, Georgia piled it on late, but it, it was like an avalanche late. And if Bama was healthy, I don't think Georgia is in a position late in that game to to have that avalanche happen but hey you know there, there's always a little bit of luck involved in a championship run we know that as tennessee fans <laughs> that 98 team had had luck on its side quite a bit throughout that season uh, not taking anything away from them but they, they had the breaks go their way as well so it, it is what it is and it just is what it is, I guess. <laughs> <A-6-5>, <laughs> it's so depressing. A65, 255-03. But a good couple of months for Braves fans. Happy for them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, and here here are the Titans with a chance to, to win one uh, for for the Southeast. So Absolutely. You know, that's one way to look at it, too. I know there's a lot of Braves fans who are also Titans fans, so that's another way to look at it. But – uh, for Tennessee fans and SEC fans who are not Georgia fans, unfortunately, we got to deal with barking for uh, a couple uh, of months. It's gonna be it's gonna uh, be terrible. My, my heart goes out to all the Tennessee fans in the state of Georgia this morning. Uh, Chip, Chip Payne. I know Stokes lives in South Carolina, but man, no, he got some Bulldog family members. TC in Athens, Steve in Georgia, uh, Robbie. I'm just thinking about all my. My Tennessee fans in Georgia, I feel for you this morning. Uh, we'll pour out a little bit of coffee for you this morning. Uh, have a moment of silence uh, as we approach our first break of the day. And um, we got a lot to get to today. Tennessee basketball has a chance to um, get the, the bad taste out of their mouths from the weekend's game against LSU. Uh, the opponent is nowhere close to LSU, but um, the best way to – Get over losses, go get a win. And Tennessee has an opportunity to, to do that. South Carolina's coming off of a big win themselves. Yep. And um, you know they're going to come in. You know the mentality that they have. 
They're tough-minded. Their coach is tough-minded. They'll put, they'll play hard defense, and they'll play hard. So you better ma- make sure you match that intensity because they see blood in the water. They see a wounded dog, uh, and they're not going to let up at all. They're going to try to pounce, and so we got to make sure that we take care of business tonight. And um, we'll talk about that uh, as, you know, during the show. Also, uh, recruiting is always a topic here on the Swain event, so we will discuss that. Taking your phone calls. Also, uh, hit us up on the text box, Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Want to get in on the conversation? Call the Iris Networks hotline at 865 200 5503. Grow your business with Iris Networks high speed fiber internet. IrisNetworksUSA.com. Hi there, Swain Event family. Are you in the market to purchase a home and a bit freaked out with the market right now? As someone who's been in your spot before, I'm familiar with what's going through your brain. And as a realtor, I've mastered the ins and outs of the buying process. When you work with me, you'll benefit from my experience, and together we'll work toward making sound, smart decisions for your future. And of course, talk a little Vol Sports along the way. Just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon. When you start your own business, you know that branding can make or break a new venture. That's why Swain Event relies on 42nd Street. 42nd Street is a strategy agency focused on finding creative, open-minded, results-driven solutions to brand design. After over a decade of operations in East Tennessee, the brand architects at 42nd Street have the experience and creative know-how to ensure the success of your business branding, logo, web presence, and more. To see a real-life example of their amazing work, you can check out our website at SwainEvent.com. Don't trust the branding of your business to just anyone. Check out my friends at 42nd Street online at 42st.com or give them a call at 865-382-7007. 42nd Street, brand, strategy, design. JC's Tree and Landscaping Service specializes in quality tree work done at an affordable price. Trimming and removing trees are their specialty. They also offer other services like land clearing, stump grinding, crane services, and all of your basic landscaping needs for both commercial and residential. JC's will give you a free estimate and beat any written quote by a competitor to guarantee that you get the lowest price around. Don't risk your land with a fly-by-night service. JC's Tree and Landscaping is licensed and insured. Give them a call at 865-599-3799. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook.
A lot of good football players on display last night. A lot of good football players. A lot of those guys will be playing on Sundays. A lot of those players, if you are an NFL fan, you hope plays for your team. You hope plays for your team. I know there's a Roquan Smith on my team. There's a, a Derrick Henry on your, on your Titans, folks. Um, there's a um, Minka Fitzpatrick on your team. Ben, I mean. Najee Harris is one of my favorite players for the Steelers. Yeah, man. So It be what it be. It is what it is, right? 865-255-03. Download the free Swain Event app for Android Apple devices. You can uh, hit us up on the text box. You can shoot us an email if you need to, or you can directly call in straight from the app. Plug that thing into the car. You can take it wherever you wherever you going. You don't have to sit in the in the car, listen on the traditional radio. You can take it with you. Put your earbuds in and pretend like you're working. Listen to us. Chop it up for three hours. You can do that with the Swain of app. Take it anywhere. If you miss any part of the show, you can go back and Hit up the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, whatever platform you use, you can get us the, get us there. 865-255-03, Irish Network's hotline, 90 days, no payment for business internet. So, how y'all feeling? How y'all feeling? At the, after, after the game, I know the hate for Alabama was so strong that did not want to see Alabama win another one, but really didn't have a choice. Somebody was going to have to win. But whatever take that you had going into the game, now that the game is over, how how does how does folks feel? Um, let me hit up the um, text box. Coach SAJ says, I'm afraid Tennessee will not spend the money it takes. It seemed like we spend too much time thinking about it instead of digging into the those pockets. I th- I think the one is there. Not sure the willingness to do to do is there. Kirby took Saban's blueprint to Alabama, to uh, Georgia. Well, and this is a, this is a this is a narrative, guys, that is just not accurate. And I love you, Coach Saj, but it's not it's just not accurate. The difference is, can I be candid? Do there's really no other way to be on this topic but candid, right? Um, the 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 difference is listen. Tennessee has you know been in the eye in the crosshairs of the NCAA. Tennessee has basically fought everybody, so we can have a real conversation, right? The difference is we have wasted resources on players who are not good. It's not the fact. That Tennessee is not willing to do what other schools have done or are doing is that we've missed. We've missed guys that you brought in and used resources on. They haven't been good for you. They haven't been worth the squeeze. It's a reason why. Every school outside of Tennessee, all the fans hated Coach Former and hates Coach Former because of him telling on Alabama. And Tennessee was accused of doing the same things to go get really good players and win big games. So it's not that Tennessee is not 
playing like other teams. They're not obviously doing what Georgia's doing right now and Alabama and Texas A&M is doing right now. Those guys have it down to a, to a science, and their folks are on, on more the same page and working together. But when you have had the turnover, when you've had the infighting and the splits between you know different fragments inside of the um, the the I guess you can call it the the donors. Then, yeah, I mean, it changes a little bit, but this narrative that Tennessee has not used their resources to go recruit players is just not accurate. It really, it really not. Um, but even with to Coach SHA's point, even with the bad players that Tennessee has spent resources on, those bad players aren't getting the Georgia or Texas A and M or Alabama treatment because we're, because you do have to win a little bit too. So yes. when you win a little bit, then you have people who are more um, willing to help and get involved. And so when Tennessee was winning more, when there was more of optimism about, all right, this coach is actually going to, to do something, Tennessee did it really good in recruiting. Mm-hmm. When there was optimism, when there wasn't, then those resources were not as available. But that is that is a big difference. I mean, it's not the willingness, man. It's it's you struck out on some. It's been the evaluation from coaches that have been off. It's also been some of the infighting and guys saying, you know what, I'm 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 out. Um, I'm not saying that. We are doing the same things that Georgia and Alabama are doing because we're not. It's the reason why we are where we are and they are where they are. But the narrative that we are not doing anything is not is not is not true. I'm not saying that that's what Coach Saj is saying. It's somewhere in the middle. But he says, "I'm afraid Tennessee will not spend the money it takes," and that's just not true. It's not true. I have that same concern. I'm not saying that Tennessee is is not doing anything or not willing to do anything, but Tennessee's biggest issue is everybody involved pulling the same rope in the same direction. That, that's been Tennessee's biggest issue the last decade to 15 years, and that is not an issue at Texas A&M and at Georgia and at Alabama. And when it comes to getting players at Auburn and LSU, it's not not an issue there. So, like, I, I do have that concern. But like I said a moment ago, it's it's somewhere in the middle of the road. I don't have this belief that Tennessee's doing nothing and just standing by and letting everybody pass them. Like, like they're they're making things shake. But there there's a difference in making things shake and making things shake the way that Alabama, Georgia. And A and M is making things shake, and like we don't have any evidence that that points to Tennessee being being willing to to shake in in that manner. And it feels like in order to get to the stage that was played last night, you have to shake in that manner. So like I, I do have a concern 
not not a huge concern, but like I do wonder, like if if Tennessee will ever be willing to to shake that much to to get to to that point. Yeah, I'm I'm what I'm not going to do. I don't think that's going to be it'd be a good, good idea is to give examples of how Tennessee shook. <laughs> I understand. That's not a good idea for us to do that. I understand. But I am saying that tennis that that Tennessee has. been willing to recruit at a at a at a high level but when you have different coaches because there was a time go back and look in the last 10 years there was a time when Tennessee was in top five recruiting so I'll let y'all put two and two together and then there was a coaching change and then there's another coaching change so like Think about that. I, I, I can't I can't write with crayons on this. I can't spell this out because this is a sensitive topic, but like Tennessee at this point, and I think a lot of people's opinion is based on information that they do or do not know. And I'm telling you now for the first time in probably the last ten years, there's more of the important people who are now on the same page more now than in the last decade. I feel better January 11th, 2022 in terms of Tennessee potentially doing what it needs to do to get, get to that stage than I did a year ago today, even and, six months ago. Yeah. The, the, every time, every time that you like get a new coach, it like resets everything. Now you have a new AD, it resets everything. So, the goal is to chase Alabama and now chase Georgia, right? Because now you got two SC, uh, S, you know, got two champions now that you play each and every year on your on your on your schedule. So Kirby has been at Georgia since 2016, so he's been, he's been building this thing for for five years. Five years he was he's been building it. He's been getting players, but he finally got over the hump. So as we sit here in the year one of Josh Heupel, there's more people that have the ability to make a splash who are now saying, I think we have the guy. Like, I think we have a guy that can win. So now I can help. Now I can I can put forth my resources to, to help. Whereas before, folks were like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not putting my resources behind Doofus Dooley. I'm not doing that. That that was the or case. Butthole Pruitt. Yeah, that was the case. And not only Josh Heupel, to your point, but I, I think uh, people like to work with Danny White as well. Yeah, so, like, you, you're getting more participation. But I, I understand all those feelings that you have as you're sitting there last night watching that game. Why not me? Why not us? What are we doing wrong? How can we get there? Like, I understand all those emotions that go through your head because I had those same emotions. And then I had to check myself and be like, yo, we, all right, year, year, we just completed year number one. We've had this, we've had this, this, this issue with, with infighting and fragments inside of the, 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 the leadership. And I'm not speaking like I don't mean leadership like hired 
Tennessee employees, but I mean like boosters and donors. We've had this 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 power struggle, and for the first time in over a decade, they're more on the same page now than ever because they understand that together with the NIL is the only way. There's no other way. There's no other way. You can be on the highway traveling and, and see some traffic and ways will tell you a different route. But sometimes there's no other route. There's no other way. You're going to have to sit in traffic. There's only one way. And that's where we are right now. There's only one way. And that's to do it together through the NIL. That's the only way. And I, and I think more people understand that. And it helps that you got some, some competent leadership. And it helps that you have a, a ball coach where you're seeing some some success and you tell yourself all right man was with more resources man was a better players more players how better can he be and you feel like he could be better if you help him out more so that's where we are right now like Tennessee is going to be in it with with Nico the quarterback from California and Tennessee will be prepared to Swim in those waters. But Tennessee is not at the same level as Georgia and Texas A&M when it comes to being out here like we at Magic City. We we ain't doing that because we're not at that level right now. We're not. So um, Pruitt tried to do what Alabama was doing, tried to do what Georgia was doing, and quite frankly – was terrible at it. <laughs> he was terrible. God, he was terrible at it. But he tried. Now you have the NIL where you can do it legally. But you still have to be smart and you still have to do it together. So are we here's the, the conclusion of, of my answer with Coach SAJ. Are we doing it to the level of Alabama and Georgia? No. But are we participating? Are we are we getting things together, working together more now than ever to get players here using NIL? Absolutely. Absolutely. I can say that with 100% confidence. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I feel you, Coach SAJ. I was miserable watching the game last night. Miserable. Someone who loves sports, loves football, talks about it every day for a living. I was miserable watching that game as a Tennessee fan. I really was. 865-255-03. Be right back. I'm Vince Moore, wide receiver, VFL 1991, and you're listening to The Swain Event. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the Big Orange action is. 
Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill or call 865-693-5400. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Fellas, when it's time to freshen up that wardrobe, there's only one play to make, and that's to go see my friends at Mark Nelson Denim in downtown Knoxville. Find the latest in small batch denim in the heart of Knoxville. Denim isn't all they do though. Mark Nelson also does custom suiting and blazers. Let your personal style shine with Mark Nelson. If you don't have time to go shopping for yourself, but still want that fresh look, then sign up for the NN Society. Let the experts handle the shopping and get $300 worth of merchandise for just $150 every other month. That's six times per year keep you looking styling every day. Let Mark Nelson Denim help you be the best you. Because when you look good, you feel good. Go to Mark Nelson Denim. At Iris Networks, we know that business communication solutions are critical to your success. Since 1998, we've been helping businesses in East Tennessee by providing reliable and affordable high-speed fiber internet and voice solutions. That's why Iris Networks is your Tennessee communications partner. With internet speeds up to 100 gigs and work-from-anywhere solutions like mobile apps, video conferencing, and file sharing, we make sure you can stay connected to your customers and great communities we live and work in. Iris Networks, because just like you, Tennessee is our home. segment just hits different today well we're not talking any national championship <laughs> this coaching moves no but uh we are going to talk about other teams in the sec east having portal success oh yeah tennessee's not the only team that grabbed a player in the last couple of days it seems no and the gamecocks of south carolina have grabbed multiple players mm-hmm. and 
Alabama and Georgia, those big-time schools, haven't really gotten involved in the portal a ton just yet. I know Alabama has gone out and gotten Elias Ricks from LSU, who may be the best corner in the country next year. But Carolina's made a handful of really nice additions. Mm-hmm. Yesterday, they added Christian Bill Smith, the Wake Forest running back, mm. uh, who Tennessee did evaluate and pursue at, at least a, a little bit. Uh, Christian Bill Smith led Wake Forest with 604 rushing yards last season and scored seven touchdowns. So, Wake Forest running back transferring to South Carolina and it's a a big pickup for South Carolina because Kevin Harris and Jaquandre White both declared for the draft and your boy Monterio Hardesty does have Juju McDowell and Marshawn Lloyd coming back but they they needed another back and they got it and they they picked up several guys as I mentioned they also picked up James Madison wide receiver Antoine Wells and I know you hear James Madison and you kind of raise your eyebrow this past year for James Madison. Wells set all new records in their record book for single season statistics. Uh, he had 21 receiving touchdowns. 1,000. Oh, I think this is his career stats that I've got in front of me. But this year he set the uh, new single season record for touchdowns, receiving yards, and catches. Uh, overall, at James Madison in his career, he had 21 receiving touchdowns, 1,800 receiving yards, and 116 catches. Uh, so we'll see how that translates to the SEC. Ole Miss made an addition from the portal. They added safety Aishim Young. Hmm. That's where Ole Miss is doing that when there's you know some reports of maybe Lane Kiffin looking at the NFL or the NFL looking at Lane Kiffin. That's that's something to keep an eye on for sure. It it is indeed. I thought that was interesting as well. Ashim Young comes from Iowa State, uh, where he was the Big Twelve Co Defensive Freshman of the Year in two thousand and twenty. Uh, in two years at Iowa State, he had one hundred and six tackles, three interceptions, and five forced fumbles. Really, the only thing to add from yesterday is a couple of Kentucky players announcing that they are going to return to school. South Carolina has taken advantage of the portal. Kentucky has taken advantage of players returning for one more season. DeAndre Square, the linebacker for Kentucky who is very talented, he will return for a super senior season. Uh, He is Yes, he is good and one of the leaders on that defense. And then Chris Rodriguez. Coming back too? He is coming back. He wants to graduate college and rewrite the record books for running backs at Kentucky. I think he's 1,100 yards short of being the all-time leading rusher at Kentucky. So he wants to come back. He'll get that. And take care of that while also uh, graduating. So... Oh, and South Carolina also. I don't want to talk about it. South Carolina also picked up a a transfer. They they got three transfers yesterday. They they got the James Madison receiver. They got the Wake Forest running back, and they got a safety from Central Michigan, who over the course of the last four years was a All Mac performer. 
281 career tackles, 11 career pass breakups, three interceptions. So picking up some uh, impressive non-Power 5 players. We'll see how it translates to the SEC. Do you have FOMO? Uh, yes and no. Okay. Yes and no. Yes, because I want to know who who Tennessee is going to bring in now. But also, the transfer portal can't be judged, or a team's success within the transfer portal can't be judged on January 11th. You, you can't judge what Tennessee did in the transfer portal this offseason until around SEC media days in the beginning of fall camp, in my opinion, because – Go back and look at last year, all the players that contributed and when they were added. We talked about this last night on the General's Quarters in the Monday Night Chat on VolQuest. And this this was my main talking point last night because rightfully so, Tennessee fans are anxious and want to know who Tennessee is going to get and certainly understand that. I want to know as well. But as a result of wanting to – Wanting to know now, there's also been kind of a, a little bit of a freak out over Tennessee's lack of perceived movement in the portal. But Tennessee is moving. Just because players aren't jumping in the boat at the rate that, that South Carolina is is getting players to jump in the boat doesn't mean that Tennessee's not being active. They're, they are monitoring every name that enters the portal. They are having conversation with guys in the portal. They are determining whether they would fit in the culture, determining whether it's a good personnel fit. And, and all those things are being active in the portal. Just just because you're not bringing a bunch of players in doesn't mean that you're not being active. And like South Carolina, for example, Hubs made this point. Like Tennessee chose to bring in Isaiah Naor from Wyoming over the James Madison receiver. So we'll see kind of which move pays off there and, and there's been some other transfers that South Carolina has brought in that Tennessee elected not to pursue so next season we'll see who made the better decision so like I, I yes I have FOMO in the sense of I want to know now who Tennessee is how Tennessee is going to upgrade its roster but I also don't have FOMO because I don't think you can properly judge Tennessee's portal success until around media days when when the roster is pretty much set for next season because go back and and look at the additions from last year uh in the chat somebody added context that eight of of the 10 additions came after february and we're we're, it's just january 11th and hendon hooker and chase mcgrath were the two that weren't added after february last all season and even those guys i don't think they were committed as of january 11th last year i think it was kind of a mid-january late january move for them so you had a lot of guys come in spring ball after spring ball right before spring ball last year and i I just know that tennessee's not like their their final roster is not intact so that's that's where i say the the no part of not having fomo around january 7th it looks like there was a that's what Hooker tweeted out. Gotcha. Yeah. So around the same around around the same time, just to add some context. Um, um, FOMO, fear of missing out. I think it's easy to feel that way when you see other schools inside of the SEC add players because then you're like, why are we not adding players? 
I think you bring up a good point about James Madison wide receiver versus Nayor. Uh, when you said, you know, reference Hub's comments in there in the chat, you know, you walk, every coach doesn't view the every player the same. And every coach doesn't look at a player as a fit in what they want to do either. So judgment day will come, whether you was right or wrong. That judgment day will be during 12 Saturdays, be 12 judgment days on whether or not you were right or wrong on taking a kid from the portal. I think what South Carolina has done has been good. Beamer has used his connections from Oklahoma to grab two kids. Um, here's my expectation, though. This is why I don't have FOMO. I, I do not have fear of missing out because my expectations are teams inside the SEC, all teams in the, inside the SEC, should be the destination place for a lot of kids in the terrestrial portal. Even Vanderbilt? Did I say all? Mm-hmm. Most <laughs> fifteen of the sixteen, and yes, I am including Texas and Oklahoma. No, I, I include I include Vanderbilt because not to the you know same degree, but like if you are a young man at a smaller school or a different conference, and and you hit the transfer portal, and you say, "Hey, man, I can get a, get education and compete in the SEC, and I can ball out versus some teams who are really really good," then. That's going to bode well for me personally. I'm not expected to win any games, but like the SEC should be destination place for kids in the transfer portal, period. And it is. Yeah. Like, so I'm not sitting here going, oh my God, that other team is loading up and we're not going to load up. And man, like, I expect everyone to add players. That don't mean they're good players. That don't mean they're going to be good for that team. Because again, judgment. Day will come during the season, and there'll be 12 of them. There's no way to know right now who are winners and losers in the portal unless they're guys like freaking like Zach Evans is, you know, he's a cheap, damn good player at TCU. It's pretty, I mean, it's a pretty good eye, you know, pretty good decision to say, okay, he's, he's going to be good at Ole Miss because we've seen him. Like, we've seen more of him. But some other guys that, that you really haven't seen – you don't really know. It's hard to sit here and go, man, we missing out. We missing out. Tennessee's in a place where you cannot miss. We can't miss. Cannot miss. So I am totally cool with us being choosy, being picky, and understanding and expecting that you're going to lose some battles. That's kind of part of it. Like when you're when you're betting, you you don't go crawl under a hole when you lose a bet, unless you bet your entire life savings or something, but you understand that losing is a part of it. You just want to make sure that you win a whole lot more than you lose. So you you take the losses with a grain of salt, understanding that there's there's bigger bets to win, and the overall goal is to win more money than you lose. So the overall goal is to upgrade your roster, not to get every kid in the portal, not to get 100% yeses because nobody gets 100% yeses. It doesn't happen. It's a numbers game. The great Jim Rohn, 
who said, man, you can have the, you know, an, you know, an, a, a, a great batting percentage as far as sales. You can be great. But if I talk to more people than you, I, I, can, I, I can beat you. I can beat you. And you have to evaluate, man. You got to get the right guy. So, Tennessee, that Nayar commitment, I, he's a good player. Surprised me. Surprised me that it happened so quick before I knew more details. Once I knew more details, and I was like, okay, gotcha. Yeah, Tennessee was the best place for him. Good job, Tennessee. Good job, Tennessee. But That and he had to make a somewhat quick decision because of when you can enroll at Texas and USC and Tennessee was several weeks after. Yeah, so it worked out. It worked out well for Tennessee. It worked out. They, lot, they needed him. Well, so. you know, a lot of things that worked out in our favor with, with, with that one. But no, I don't have I don't have FOMO when when I see South Carolina doing what they're doing because those kids should look at South Carolina as a good place for them. It's an SEC. It's not Vanderbilt. It's not Missouri. You you got some really passionate fans. It's a nice town for the most part. All right, let's go to the phones. We've got Middle Tennessee Rick. Rick, good morning. Fellas. What's up, Rick? <laughs> uh, I'm just sitting here thinking that about this time last year, I actually believe I had the same concerns as I do going into the upcoming season with defense. Uh, you know, that's my point this morning that you guys talk about a little bit. I got to get off here because I'm working. Gotcha. So it's good to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, after the Music City Bowl, defense is my biggest concern. No doubt about it. Uh, on the locker room this past Sunday, that was that was my concern in the portal is going and, and addressing the issues in the secondary and pass rush and a linebacker. And uh, I know Mark Packer was was, was kind of laying out the question about where should your energy go with high school students versus the transfer portal. And I'm, I've been someone that's, that's been consistent on here on my program saying, you know, I would go get about 20 guys from high school and go get the rest from the transfer portal. And I was even fall. I was even willing to go as far as saying 17 to 20 guys in high school and then go and get some of the other guys in the, in the class from the transfer portal because, um, it's like it's like going to get players from the developmental league. It's like saying, "Oh man, that that guy showed what he can do." Versus Pac-12 talent, versus Mountain West talent, versus Big Twelve talent, versus AAC talent, but it's still talent that's more reliable than high school football talent, unless it's like top of the division in Georgia and Florida and, 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 and Texas. And of course, if they came from North Alabama, but like, I, I love going into the portal, but it's not, you know, it's not a grand slam either. You can miss there too. Yeah. And I kind of feel a little bit differently um, about the portal. I, I'm hesitant with, with guys in the portal. Not, not all of them. You, you have your Caleb Williams, the transfer quarterback from Oklahoma, you know 
is a game changer and you know why he is transferring because there is a coaching change at USC but I I think more often than not guys are are transferring for a reason and typically because it, it it didn't work out at the previous school and then that doesn't mean that it's always on the kid but I'd be lying if I said my first thought was okay well he either wasn't good enough at that school or he wasn't uh, a fit and, and again I recognize that it's not always the the kid but more often than not a kid is in the portal for a reason so that that would be my only hesitancy uh, about taking more portal kids than than high school kids now it worked out in Tennessee's favor this past year but go back in and look at Jeremy Pruitt's transfers and they were not worth taking over a high school kid. No, nah, man. Like, he went to go get what? Keller Chris, Keller Chris and Mondre, Mondre, London. London. Like, oh, those guys weren't <laughs> worth taking over uh, high school kids. So now I, I trust Josh Heupel to be more f- effective in the portal than, than Jeremy Pruitt. He's a better coach, obviously. Um, but I, I get weary about the portal just because I, I know there's just so much that goes on with, with kids transferring nowadays. Yeah, I just I think it's especially if you get guys that have three years. I think it's more it can be more reliable than than high school in some in some cases. But you think about it, there's over a thousand kids in the portal, and you're talking about filling ten spots. You can't you can't fill ten spots with a good batting average from a thousand kids in the portal. A thousand. So I just I just feel like the the odds are a little bit better than getting kids from high school because these kids from the portal have already experienced college. So this you know sometimes guys from high school they get the shock of immediate freedom and they don't know how to act when they get to college. So you get a guy that's experienced college for a year, so more than likely he's going to be a little bit more mature. He's had a year in the weight room in a college football program, so you get that. And now you bring up your point. Like, all right, man, what's the reason why you transferred? Did you transfer because you butt booty terrible you can't play? You know, play dead in a, in, a, in a Western movie? Or is it something that we are willing to take on? And we think we are the answer. Like, we think we, think we are the answer to you – being the player that you want to be. You can help us. We can help you. You can't tell me that you can't go find 10 dudes a year in a portal where there's a, over a thousand kids. So I feel, I mean, I feel, I feel, I feel good about where we are right now and where, where we can be knowing. And that was a great point that you made about someone on the chat there. That someone pointed out that, that Tennessee didn't do a lot of their damage in the portal until, until spring. It wasn't when it was snow outside. It was when the leaves started to come back and the birds was chirping and flowers was blooming. That's when Tennessee was making this move in the portal. It wasn't right now. It wasn't right now. So I think the, the winter surge of players entering the portal are pretty much over is pretty much over with like you'll still have guys enter the portal here 
and and there but the the mass entry into the portal as a result of this past football season i think has taken place and then there will be a a second surge not as big of a surge but a a second one post spring just like there was last year and tennessee was able to take advantage of it and hopefully they'll they'll do the same this year and they have to do the same this year quite frankly because yeah. as as good as the offense may be the the defense will as it currently sits the defense will still lead to the lead to them seven eight wins yeah you can have a great offense but if your defense is, is a liability you are average yes i mean it's like you know tennessee basketball not saying that we are average but boy we are on the verge of an average result compared to what the expectations are in the talent on this basketball team, you you you, you got to have balance. You can't just be terrible in one area and really good in the other area. Like you got to have offense and defense. Um, just like last night, Stetson Bennett yeah. can't play hero if Georgia doesn't have a great defense. Yep, okay. the, the the Georgia defense bent but did not break until the the Georgia offense could piece something together. Yep. Yep, Georgia wouldn't win unless you know unless they brought offense too and, and came aggressive on offense, and they did. They were aggressive on offense. That was that was a difference. That was a difference. So Tennessee defense, man, gotta get that taken care of. I need to go over here to um, to the website, make a little donation to the to the club. Clubs, we can get some players over here, some defensive players. 865 255 03, hour two around the corner. <laughs> 